Chapter One I can't remember how I got conned into this. I remember Parvani saying, Evie, I need you to buy me a spell book. I vaguely remember my mouth forming the word, okay, but I honestly don't remember what happened afterward. Maybe selective memory loss is one of the seven stages of grief. I knew Parvani wanted to cast a love spell on Jordan Kent. She had a major crush on him, even though I'd told her he and I used to be real tight. Of course, I'd never explained why we'd had our falling out, or how I still thought about him every waking moment. And Parvani hadn't ever asked. She couldn't stop hyperventilating about him. Even I could see she barely registered on Jordan's radar. I mean, other than honors geometry and me, what did they have in common? Hence her need for a love spell. Parvani, who had at least $300 worth of gift cards to a major chain, insisted an authentic spell book could only be found in a used bookstore. How she came up with this idea is beyond me. Maybe she'd watch too many episodes of Charmed. Anyway, the oldest, moldiest used bookstore ever was three towns away and two blocks from my mother's favorite art supply store. Since Parvani's parents had every second of her life scheduled, I was stuck with the task, as if I didn't have enough problems. Parvani is my best friend, and I had promised I'd help, so I hustled down Solano Avenue toward well-read books. Warm pizza smells escaped through Paduano's open door, making my stomach rumble. A homeless guy with bloodshot eyes jangled a foam cup full of coins at me. I warded him off with an apologetic shake of my head. Tugging Dad's camouflage cap lower over my forehead, I opened the door to well-read books and crossed the scuffed threshold. The glass door slammed shut behind me frenzying a string of tiny pewter bells. I flinched, certain all eyes were upon me. For a second, my brain went on autopilot, taking in the cashier with her magenta mohawk and silver eyebrow stud. The fluorescent bulbs humming overhead bathed her in a stark light. She stood behind the cash register, helping a bearded customer. The guy smelled like he hadn't changed his tie-dyed shirt since the 60s. It would make a cool photo. I imagined where I'd cropped the shot. Maybe I'd print it in black and white. It would look so noir if the only pops of color were the cashier's hair and the green tattoo on her wrist. Magenta Mohawk crossed her arms over the black muscle tee barely containing her cleavage and threw me a what-are-you-staring-at look. Dad would have disarmed her with a grin and then taken the shot. But I'm not my dad. I'm not Dash O'Reilly, the famous photojournalist who'd gotten himself blown up in Afghanistan. I have his blue eyes, and beneath the weird auburn dye I'd recently used, I have his strawberry blonde hair, too. But I'm nothing like him. Magenta Mohawk narrowed her eyes as if she considered me a rival gang member or potential shoplifter. A hot flush fast-tracked up my throat. My gaze darted to the quickest escape route, the worn stairs leading to the basement where the occult books were shelved. 
I fled past a display of political books and thudded down the steps. I paused on the second to last step and surveyed the room, the way Dad would if he'd just returned from a risky assignment. To my right, an organic foods and sensible shoes type woman pulled a British travel guide off a high shelf. To my left, a shabby professor sort thumbed through the record collection. Hello, have you heard of a little thing called MP3s? No axe murderers, no deranged homeless people. I went in. The basement smelled like old books and damp wool. A college-age guy, a real hottie, emerged from the medieval history section, a latte in one hand and a paperback copy of Medieval Strongholds of Britain in the other.